Are you ready to be stirred and receive an impartation of faith to move forward into all that God has purposed for your life? Welcome to the Stirring of the Waters podcast. I am your host, Elaine Haynes. I will be sharing what the Lord has given me through the anointing of the Holy Spirit on the Logos and Rhema words of God. Welcome to Stirring of the Waters. I'm Elaine Haynes, and today is episode 34. I'm going to be talking to you about how the Lord is stirring up a holy provocation. So if you've been feeling provoked, if you've been sensing there's a stirring to action, a desire to fulfill your calling, or if you're stirred and you're not even sure why, if you're maybe provoked at your status quo in your life or you're, or over what's happening when you see what's going on in the world provokes you, until it's twofold. What I'm seeing is it's twofold. One, we're being stirred for more. And two, we're being provoked to godly jealousy. So there is a godly provocation that's designed to bring concentration unto consecration that leads us to a holy convocation. And I'll explain this as we go along. So anyway, I get provoked when God speaks to me. Now, I'm talking about provoked in a good way, meaning he stirs me to action. So in June, just as an example, I heard there's a window of time open and acceleration for those who will enter in. That stirs me. It provokes my spirit to want more or my soul to want more, to move forward. It's the spirit within me that God speaks to us through our spirit, which then provokes our soul. And then in September, I heard it's high time, which is from Romans 13, 11 to 14. And that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Now it says, it started out saying, awake out of sleep, it's high time. And that sleep, when you look it up, is the word hypos, and it means spiritual inactivity. So what does it mean to be provoked? As I said earlier, for me it means stirred, prompted. It also can mean constrained, kindled. You know, think about a fire being kindled. Um, Something kindled within us sounds like stirred. Or goaded. Now, we often think of that in a negative way, but it's not necessarily negative. Hebrews 10 and 24 says, Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. So that means we're to provoke one another. That's what I'm doing right now. I pray and hope that that, that is what happens today, that you're provoked, that you're stirred, that you're, you feel that, that calling within you is, is driving you forward, is, is stirring up something in you to make you not complacent anymore, to make you hungry for more. And in Exodus 35, 21, it tells us they came, everyone whose heart stirred him up and everyone whose spirit was made willing. And they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation for all his service and for the holy garments. That is what God is doing. He's stirring us to build the kingdom. In Ecclesiastes 12, 11, this is an incredible verse. I love this verse. The words of the wise are as goads, as nails fastened by the masters of assemblies, given from one shepherd. 
So in that word goad, it's to provoke or annoy someone so as to stimulate some action or reaction. It means to drive or urge like an animal on with a goad, like those spiked sticks that you see that's used for driving cattle. So God will goad us. He will. The words of the wise, it says, are his goads. Nails fastened by the masters of assembly given from one shepherd. That's powerful. So I'm going to ask you a question. What provokes you? And I pray Holy Spirit will reveal, even right now, some things. And if not, certainly by the end of this podcast, I pray that Holy Spirit will begin to stir you and provoke you and show you what he wants to provoke in you. So I'm going to share some things that provoke me to move forward and take action and see if any ring for truth for you or if the Holy Spirit brings some others up to you. So one is the word of God provokes me. The Logos word or the Rhema word. Logos meaning the written word, the Rhema, the spoken word. When God stirs me in those things like I mentioned by saying there's a window of time open or that it's high time to come out of sleep, those are Rhema words to me. Or scriptures, the word of God, Logos, like redeem the time because the days are evil. <clears throat> words like we will be accountable to him on the day of judgment. Words like every idle word will be judged. Another thing that provokes me or stirs me is when I see others stepping out and moving forward in what I know God wants me to do that I'm not doing yet. Or in a, in a stronger way, a bolder way, a greater way, a maybe more instead of just once in a while. It just depends on what it is. Um, because there's more that God's called me to walk in that I'm not walking in yet, not in the fullness. I don't even know if I even have envisioned the fullness, to be honest with you. Um, then there's a holy dissatisfaction. Well, God will dry up our rivers when it's time to move on. It's not always the devil that brings disturbance. Then there's the conviction of the Holy Spirit that will provoke us. When he says things like, whose are you? Like in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and you are not your own? For you're bought with a price. Jesus paid that price. Therefore, here's your, here is what is the, the do that should happen. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Romans 14, 7 to 8 and 12. For none of us lives to himself, and no man dies to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. These are provoking. This, this kind of stuff provokes me. I'll tell you a huge one. Your assignment will provoke you. You may not know what your assignment is. What provokes you can give you some insight as to your assignment. Acts 17 and 16. While Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him. Why? When he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. The Apostle Paul was provoked by the idolatry in Athens. The Spirit of the Lord is moving. He's stirring our spirits to be provoked by the enemy holding others captive. They're deceived by the devil. They're given over to idolatry, worldliness, vain ambition, and pleasure-seeking. It's not the people we war against. Ephesians 6 and 12, Paul tells us, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Those are the things, and the spiritual forces of wickedness are influencing people. So it's not them. We need to, we war against the devil and his demons. Those spiritual forces of wickedness. We know that those are the, the those are the the devil is the enemy of God. The people aren't. A, a long time ago, it used to be said a lot. We 
Don't hate people. We hate sin, but we don't hate people. We love people. What provokes you to godly jealousy? And some other things that provoke me, I'll be honest with you, they have this has provoked me for a long time. People that are so full of high praises at sporting events and concerts, lauding celebrities with exuberance, but quiet when it comes to praising God. Why should celebrities receive the praise that's due God? What have they done for your eternal soul? Who and what do you worship? How and where do you spend your time and money? That will give an indication. Idolatry is vain endeavors, worthless activities. We are not our own. We're bought with a price. We're ambassadors. If you're born again, you are an ambassador for the kingdom of God. You were bought for that purpose, to be an ambassador of his kingdom, to bring his kingdom to this earth. The kingdom of God is at hand, and the kingdom of God is within you. Christ is in you. He is king over his kingdom, and we are to, We are now his. We are dead because of sin, and we are alive unto God. God is jealous for his name on earth. He detests his praises going to idols. Jesus came to earth preaching repentance, for the kingdom of God is at hand. How can we sit idly by when Satan is rampant to destroy all that God has created? We see it in every single realm. We're seeing it against children, that God created the male and female. We see it in multitudes of ways of what are the we can see that the enemy wants to destroy everything that god has created everything that that speaks of god everything that honors god he wants to destroy the this the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy but jesus said i have come to give life and that more abundantly don't you want to be more alive more stirred more provoked to be more passionate for god and his kingdom i want to be more alive i want my embers fan to flame and my flame and igniting others to burn with holy fire. I want to turn away from everything that's a distraction, everything that hinders the Spirit of God having room to move in and through me to make Jesus known. Lot was so provoked by the sin in Sodom and Gomorrah. It tells us that his righteous soul was tormented over the lawless deeds he saw and heard every day. It tells us in 2 Peter 2.8. It is high time to be awake, to be provoked, to be sent forth with a burning passion for God and his kingdom. We are in times of trouble, and these are causing us to be provoked. Our faith is being tested. Our comfort and complacency is being confronted in these trials. And if we look to God, he'll develop our faith. Holy provocation may be what is necessary for God to move us beyond our normal and bring us into the fullness of his design for our lives, what our spirit is burning for, it's restless for, it's discontented, because we're made for more. So what is the more that God is provoking you for? Will you let me provoke you a little more? I'm going to give you some things I believe God is provoking all of us for. One is for the high calling, in Philippians 3, 12 to 14, where he says, Not as though I'd already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things, which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The destiny in Christ Jesus. We're told in Galatians 4.19, 4, Galatians My little children, this is Paul speaking, of whom I travail in birth until Christ be formed in you. So there's a forming of Christ in you. And it's reiterated in Romans a twenty nine for whom he God did foreknow, he also did predestinate 
to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That is what God has predestinated you for, is to be conformed to the image of Christ. So some other things that will provoke us to do the works Jesus did. John 14, 12, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Then there's godly character. Perhaps God is provoking you in your character development. What are some of the, the things that we can strive towards in that, striving in a good way? Um, fruit of the Spirit. What is that? Love, joy, peace. These things are outcomes of walking in the Spirit. The fruit is an outcome of what the root has. So here it is. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, or self-control. Those are fruits that, that show godly character. This is what happens when you're walking in the Spirit. Fruit begins to develop. Then 2 Peter 1, 3-8. According as his, God's divine power, has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these promises you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So these are these precious promises that we can partake of the divine nature through them. So here's what he says. Here's the instruction. Besides this, Giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity or love. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you, they make that you shall not be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Another thing he may be stirring you into is the overcoming life. We all should be overcomers. Revelation 3.21, Jesus says to him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. Now I'll tell you, if you go into the book of Revelation to the seven churches where Jesus speaks, there's an overcoming, an aspect of overcoming and rewards that are listed in each one. I encourage you to do that. And then, okay, so what are some steps of action that we can take? to live in the more, and to gain ground, to advance, press, back to Philippians 3, 14 and 15, which I already read, press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling. Prayer. Prayer will help get you in that place. Pray without ceasing, we're told in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. What does that mean? That means continual communion with God, continual speaking with Him, continual asking, accountability and fellowship, are some steps you can take. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good work. We provoke each other. We stir each other up. We're that iron sharpening iron. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And so much more as you see the day approaching. We need to stir each other up, hold each other, hold, let ourselves be accountable to others for what is it as God has put inside you? What is it that you're hearing, that you're feeling? You know, if you don't, if you just keep it inside and don't tell anybody, chances are you're not going to do it because you can reason it away in your own mind. But once you put it out there, then other people, hey, how's it going? How are you doing with that? Right? 
let's go work together on this. You know, if you feel like you need to be a witness more, let's go out, let's go for a walk. Let's go talk to people. Stay in the word is another way to be, to make sure you can go forward and do what you're called to do. Colossians 3.16, let the word of, of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. A huge one is obedience. Romans 6, 16. Do you not know that to whom, and I looked it up, it also means to what. So do you not know that to what you present yourselves slaves to obey? You are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. And then in Acts 5, 32, we're told we're witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. So as you obey you receive more of the Spirit to walk forward in. Faithfulness is, is huge. God gives you more when you're faithful to what he's already given you. Matthew, the whole um, the section of Matthew 25 where he's, where he's talking about the talents. The Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will set thee over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Another big one is trust God even when you don't understand. Now this is this is really huge, I believe. Because when we don't understand, we want to rely on our own reasoning and we'll talk ourselves out of going forward because we don't understand. We, our mind wants to understand first before we take a step of obedience, but that's not how it works. You have to step into the Jordan before it parts. There's many other examples, but that's a good one. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart Lead not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him or recognize he's with you and praise him and he shall direct your path. Trust in him. Don't try to understand it. Acknowledge him that he's Lord, that he's got you, that he's with you and he will direct your path. Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those, to those who are the called according to his purpose. God is working all things together. And in Philippians 2.13, which is one of my favorite verses, it is God who works in you, both to will and to do, of his good pleasure. Another action step is take thoughts captive. I think we all know this one, and I probably say it every podcast. I can't say it enough, even to myself. 2 Corinthians 10.4-5, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing, into, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ or the attentive hearkening of Christ. Every thought that you have, bring it into captivity to what is, what is Jesus saying right now to you. Ask the Holy Spirit. Then there's thanksgiving and praise. This is huge. Psalm 100, verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. What better way to keep yourself stirred up than by entering into his, through his gates and into his courts, where you're in, the, you're in the inner court with him. There's no better way to stay stirred up. Praise and thanksgiving. And then Paul tells us in 2 Timothy 1 and 6, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. Stir up that gift in you. How do you do that? One way you can do that is Jude one twenty. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. If you don't have a prayer language, you need to ask the Holy Spirit to give you one. 
it is so important because you, when you don't know how to pray and you just start praying in the Spirit and you keep praying in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to give you wisdom. He's going to give you revelation. You're going to find yourself full of faith. You just have to do it. And then serving also. Serving will, is a huge action step. Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord. Whatever you do, do it unto the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. So as I said earlier, I believe there is a movement happening of godly provocation that is designed to bring concentration unto consecration, leading to holy convocation. I'm going to break that down here. Concentration. A provocation to bring concentration. What is that? When you're provoked, when God is stirring you, you are determined to move out of places of distraction. You're determined to lay aside every weight. You're determined to narrow that interest to focused intent. And that leads to more intimacy with the Lord, which leads to consecration, knowing that you're set apart unto him. Because when we choose to spend more time on eternal things, the eternal one becomes more real to us. And in that place of recognizing him, we cannot help but be willing to live a life of consecration. Or I'll put it this way. When you are in a place of intimacy with him and you spend more time with him and you develop a deeper relationship with him, that place of intimacy, not only can you help but be willing, but your desire for that becomes stronger than other desires. He is the Holy One. He is the lover of our souls. He is the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity and chooses to dwell with us and in us. So that time, that, that provocation is leading to concentration for consecration to holy convocation. God does the gathering, the assembling of the saints to become the dwelling place of God in the Spirit. The writer of the book of Hebrews exhorts us in chapter 12. I'm going to read and end with this. Chapter 12 of Hebrews 22 through 29. But ye are come unto Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escaped not, who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifying the removing of those things that are shaken, as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Father, I pray for every person that has heard this podcast, Lord God, that they're stirring, stirring, stirring within them, Lord God, by your spirit, that you're stirring them, Lord, to, to walk with you, to press through the flesh, and enter into the spirit to hear from the realms of heaven and to be stirred into action for what you're calling them to do. That Holy Spirit, I pray that you would begin to, to bring revelation 
dreams and visions, showing them, speaking to them, the word of God, showing them and speaking to them what it is that the Lord is calling them into. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Tune in next time and be blessed as you move forward and do all that God has for your life. Thank you for listening to the Stirring of the Waters podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit ElaineHaines.com, that's A-L-A-N-E-H-A-Y-N-E-S.com for books, blogs, and spiritual growth. You can follow me on Facebook and subscribe at cpnshows.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. See you next week for the next episode.